Hello, and welcome to A Small Talk with Declan Greenwald, as opposed to A Short Talk with Declan Greenwald, which I actually called it in my first episode, but it's called A Small Talk. With me today is Chris... Should I say your last name? <laughs> yeah, sure. Chris Barclay. And today, um, I'm not doing an essay. I'm going to have a conversation with Chris about the lovely show, The Legend of Korra. I just wanted to start with a paragraph from the Tumblr post. That's right, I use Tumblr because I'm a millennial. No, I'm not. I'm past that. This was after Cora ended. I was five or six, and my brother was 11 or 12. I'm bad with years. When we sat in my room and watched the show about a boy in an iceberg. We never knew it, but that moment created a bond between my brother and myself that will last for as long as we will live, and then it will stop when we're dead because everything stops when you die. We watched every single episode and talked about it. It wasn't like other cartoons where you talk about the funny comedy jokes, even though there are funny comedy jokes. Stop typing. Even though there are funny comedy jokes. (laughs) But the show led to deep conversations between us, two kids with a combined age of 16. It made us think about life and death, gender inequality, and even socioeconomic aspects of life. Watching the show together allowed us to imagine each other and the world in a much more complex way. Okay, and with that, we'll start our Socratic seminar. So, you watched Avatar much more recently than I did. Yeah, that's true. I watched it when I was much younger. So, did you... I want to ask you this. Did you enjoy Korra or Avatar more? I think I like Avatar better. A lot of people do. I... I say I like Korra more because I kind of see myself in a lot of the characters more than I did in Avatar, um, and especially Korra, because when I hit my lowest point, I was very obsessive and anxious, and it became hard to leave my own home, and um, I was out of school for several months. I was just flat out depressed, um, but in this struggle, I got to see a TV person go through this struggle. And you don't really see a lot of TV people go through struggles like that on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's true. Are you talking about season three? Yes. Yeah. Season three of Korra. Or, yeah, Korra is sad. And she deals with things that in Avatar some characters wouldn't have dealt with. Um, Specifically PTSD. Uh, She gets gravely injured and can't walk for a long time. And drops off the face of the earth for three years. And I can relate to that. In a way, I can't relate to Mr. Ang. Yeah. I don't know. I think lots of people relate to Zuko, the character. Um, He has his honor taken away. um, And his family isn't there other than his uncle, who acts uh, like a father figure almost. So... I think the reason that I like Avatar better than Korra was that, like, it brings back a lot more nostalgia. Yes, it definitely has that nostalgia factor for me, because I watched it when I was a youngin. More of a youngin, because I'm still a youngin. Um, But with Zuko, part of that was he didn't really... He thought he'd lost his honor, but he didn't really. Because his father's idea of honor was stupid. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to say this. I do want to say this. It's like Star Trek. It's like Star Trek, The Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine with Worf. 
Also, they wear pointy boots. The Klingons wear pointy boots, and so do the Fire Nation. But Samurai didn't wear pointy boots, and both the Klingon and the Fire Nation are based on Samurais, a lot of them. But the Samurais didn't wear pointy boots, so I think that the Fire Nation wearing pointy boots is a direct reference to the Klingons wearing pointy boots, and I'm sorry I said that. I actually have never watched one episode of Star Trek. Any of the series? Nope. Not even the original? Nope. Not... I watched, like, half of the movie. Which movie? Like, the most recent one. Which, like, the Into Darkness with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the Abrams movies. They are good. Uh, J.J. Abrams was actually a big fan of Avatar. And during, while the show was still on, it was rumored that he was going to write an episode. Really? Yeah. That never happened. It never did happen. But I thought he had written the one about Appa, because that has a very J.J. Abrams feel to it. Speaking of J.J. Abrams, remember when Lost was a show and everyone just kind of agreed to forget about it? Lost? Wait, was that, like, after Lost ended that everyone, like... They just, like, agreed to forget about it, like, a year after it ended. Yeah. It wasn't the ending awful. I mean, I watched the ending, but I haven't watched it. I really liked the ending. Um, Some people didn't. Some people thought it was very disappointing. And they were like, you can't solve a bunch of things with magic holes in the ground. But... One of the main characters regains his ability to walk in the first episode because the island is magic. That's true. You've never seen it. I've seen the ending, though. Oh, you saw the ending, but that means nothing to you. (laughs) There were like six seasons of waiting, and it was just a very good show. It was a really good show. And now everyone agreed to forget about it, and it makes me weird and anxious. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Lost, with Lost, I, I mean, I watched the I watched the first episode. The pilot's really good. Yeah. Um, and then I tried watching the second episode, but it was just, like, them walking through, like, the dense jungle-type biome, you know? And then, like, there was, like, this smoke and, and Another acceptable word for the jungle-type biome is the jungle. The jungle, yes. Yep. Um... But, you know, there's, like, a smoke monster type yeah, deal. and then the smoke monster. Like, the other plane, like, the half of it, like... The was, tail section. Yeah, it was it was all dead. Everyone was... But they thought everyone was dead, but it turned out that they weren't all dead. That's true. And that's how we found out about Mr. Echo and all those people. But you don't know about that. Yep. Okay. I have not watched any other than the first and the last episode of Lost. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty caught up, I'd say. <laughs> well, you're caught up, but you don't understand it. I watched like a seven-minute YouTube video on that the explained entire... it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but yeah, sure. So yeah, that happened. Yeah, that did happen. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Weren't we talking one. about the Legend of Korra oh, before? Oh yeah, we were. One thing I wanted to say about the Legend of Korra was the music and how good the music is, because the music in Avatar. Is really good, but I think the music in Korra even takes it up a notch because they mix more uh, actual Chinese traditional instruments. Yeah. It actually made me want to learn the Erhu. Um, but one thing Bear McCrary said, and Bear McCrary is a very accomplished television composer, you know, from Battlestar Galactica and The Walking Dead. He said it was the best score on TV 
A clever stylistic mashup, great orchestration, and luscious melodies. The sound is fantastic too, so artfully done, and it helps create such a believable world. Congrats to Jeremy Zuckerman and Ben Wynn. Jeremy Zuckerman's the composer, and Ben Wynn is the sound designer. And they're very good. And in just in summary, I think it's a smart TV show for smart people. Yeah. Well, you have to look past just, like, you know, the that it's on a children's TV program and kind of look towards, you know, what it's about. And The Legend of Korra is the first real TV show, well, cartoon, to really tackle issues like gender equality. At the On the last episode, it shows that Korra is actually, you know, bisexual. Yes. Which is huge, apparently, for you know, media and mainstream. Yeah, especially on children's television. It's the year of canon gay and lesbian people on uh, television because there's a bunch, apparently, on shows that I don't 100% watch. But I watch Steven Universe, and a lot of them are clearly lesbians. Yeah. And, you know, with, you know, gay marriage being legalized and all of that, I think it's huge. Um not only as a symbol for, you know, children who are looking at Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender and looking up to these characters, um, but, you know, it's it tackles even more issues. Um, Korra is physically, like, very strong. She's a strong emotionally and physical character. Um, and she plays a really good role model for these young women. Um, but she also goes through lots of bad things and she gets like ptsd and she has to build up her emotional strength to get get it to where it is in the end to show that even if you're strong physically you might not be that strong mentally sort of yeah yeah but overall it's a great tv show i'd say it's a wonderful tv show um yeah that's the legend of Korra. and that's that yeah we're gonna do Something about friendship now, because I thought that this was going to be longer. So, welcome to the second part of this episode, which is an interview about friendship. And who better to do it than a friend of mine? That is true. Oh no, the microphone. <laughs> eh, it's fine. For who... people who cannot see, because this is a podcast, yeah. the microphone slipped down. Yeah. Here is my first blanket question. What do you think makes a friend? A friend? Um, This is a hard question to answer because it's so vague. Yeah, that's true. I I think a friend is someone who you have a connection with, who you really can trust almost, if not like sort of... Yeah, this is a tough question. Okay. I could look up the definition. No, no, you don't need to do that. I have a follow-up question is do you think... To be friends, like true friends with someone, you have to know each other in the physical realm? Or you, do you think you can become very close friends with someone over the internets? I think that's that's sort of also very tough. Um, have you become close friends with people over the internet? Because I have. I've, I've made some really good friends over the internet. Over the internet? Not really. But I think that you can be friends with someone over the internet. I think it would have to be a little bit harder. Um, like harder to do, but yeah, if like, if you guys talk and like know each other, yeah. 
Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was the different kinds of friendships. Like, um, we talk about a lot of things. Uh, some things are very personal, but also we talk, like, about the legend of Korra and, like, what makes a cabbage the best kind of cabbage. I don't know. We've never talked about that. I'm a base baseball fan, and there are people I'll talk to about that, but I know not to talk to you about that because you're not very interested in that. Yeah. And you're a coding guy, and I'm not really a coding guy, so you don't really talk to me about that. Yeah. So, do you think it's not 100% necessary for to be a close friend to someone to have 100% shared interests? I think it's necessary to have at least one shared interest with someone to be friends with them. Or else it's very hard to be friends with someone who you don't have much in common with. Um, as for types of friends, I believe that there are people who you can be like very close to who you have nothing in common with. Um, like, I'm friends with someone who doesn't like coding at all. And, you know, they're probably gonna get like a job way different from that, like in fine arts or, you know, doing way different stuff than I will. But we're really good friends and we talk about shared interests and TV shows and like we watch Breaking Bad and stuff. Um, but is it necessary to have a lot in common? No, I don't think so. Are you talking about me? No. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were talking about me. And I was like, you are my... F okay, sorry. Um, another idea is friends of friends. It's like, we share a lot of mutual friends and have a lot of, like, group texting sessions mm -hmm. with different people. Matthew uh, Knowlton, I'll just shout him out here. He's a pretty cool guy. Check him yeah, out. Yeah, he's a cool um, guy. I'll ask him if we can use his last name. If we can't, I'll bleep it out. You can do like the John Hodgman thing where it like does the like the the sound effect. That was the sound effect for what? You for 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 everyone listening, uh Chris just did a visual bit which looked like he like was hammering hammering down on like the Oh, the, like a gavel. Yeah, like the gavel. Oh. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, do you think that shared projects can tighten bonds between friends? Because you and I have done uh, shared projects in the past, like this movie, uh, mm -hmm. for a book, a book report, uh, The Day of the Triffids, which is a dull book. It's a great book, i it's, say. It's, <laughs> you've the never... author of the book wrote a bunch of short stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Wyndham. Uh, Windham, he, yeah. He, We're not going to get into that, though. Yeah, he, he actually wrote the book that Children of the Damned is based on, to give you some backstory. Have you seen the movie for that? I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen it all the way through. Okay, if you have not watched the movie uh, Village of the Damned, it's it's a great 1960s movie, and I learned a lot from it. Isn't it earlier than the 60s? Maybe. Isn't it like 59? But that's like only one year. It's still earlier than the 60s. That's true. Um, a theory in this household is that the decade doesn't actually start until like five years in. So like 1990 through 1995 is really still part of the 1980s. Yeah. I'd say, because like, what if you're born into, well, I am, I am born in 2000, but you grew up with all the, you know, 90s kids TV shows like Johnny Bravo, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and then... 
since you're not born in 1999, you're not necessarily called a 90s kid, which is fair, but... Yeah, I was born in late 1999. So are you a 90s kid? I guess. Okay. I think we're we're part of the same generation, which is the generation after the millennials, which I don't think has a name yet. If it has a name, tell us in the comments. Or don't. Or, or don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good point. You don't you don't have to do that if you don't want to. But yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Free Will. Not sponsored by communism. Or Alexander Hamilton. Oh. Well, no one's going to understand that. We were talking about Alexander Hamilton before. Wait, how does that correlate with free will? It doesn't. I actually just wanted to mention Alexander Hamilton. You wanted to make yourself seem smart for knowing who he was, didn't yeah. you? Okay. He's very important. He's a very... He was actually on the $10 bill. I do a lot of... He still is. Him. You yeah. said was on the $10 bill. Okay, that was it for the friendship portion and the Legend of Korra portion of the program. And this week was different from last week in that it wasn't an essay and it was more of a conversation, which might be some of the episodes and other episodes will be essays. That's why it's called a small talk with Declan Greenwald, because not all talks are the same. Anyway, on to the questions. Matthew, the previously mentioned Matthew, asks, why wasn't I invented to Friendship Palooza? Well, um, for one, this Matthew lives in another state. Yeah. Uh, we are currently hosting in Atlanta, Georgia. And he's in another state. Which is, uh... Texas, but we don't have to say what city. Yeah. It's Texas. Could the... be Houston. Could it... be another city in Texas. Yeah. It could be one that has a surprising amount of people, because you don't think about it a lot. But it has, like, a lot of, you know? Yeah, it has a bunch of people. Uh, the second question comes from Christopher. Not this Chris, of course. A different Christopher. How do you feel about people who've never seen The Legend of Korra? Do you pity them? I don't, personally. I actually love people who've never seen The Legend of Korra, because then I can watch them watch it for the first time, like I did with my friend Charlie. But the downside to watching shows that you've already watched and watching them with other people is it's kind of anxiety-provoking, because you're just staring at them, and they're like, they didn't laugh as much as I did when I watched it the first time, so now they hate me forever and want me to die. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people should watch Legend of Korra, because it's a great show. Um, however, I don't necessarily pity them. I just think that they should watch it. Yeah. Nick, or Nicky, I, I knew him for a while, and then we lost contact, so I don't know if he wants to be called Nick or Nicky. Uh, so Nick or Nicky asks, Yo, what's your favorite meal? Now, I love food, and we actually already recorded this segment, and it was too long. The answer to this question was about eight minutes. So, in summary, my favorite meal is lox and eggs. It is when you fry up some smoked salmon, caramelize some onions, make a little omelet, put them all together. Mmm, bingo bango, tastes delicious. I just realized I've been motioning, like frying with my hands, mm -hmm. but you can't see that. I'm doing a visual bit on a audio form of media. And, uh, my, my favorite meal is salmon, spelled with the L, which is silent. It's not really silent, it's just, it's like sword, where it's like just kind of dropped out. I'm sure at one point in history it was called salmon. Salmon? Yeah. Yep. Um, and before you told 
a funny story. Do you want to tell it this time? This time through? Okay, yeah. So, um, Declan... Declan once resided in New York City. No, I didn't. Wait, you haven't? No, I, I never lived that, in New York. I, wait, I thought that you lived in New York. No. This is news. I've never lived in New York. I have family in New York, and my family's from New York, and I've oh. spent time there. I thought that you lived in New York, like, mm -mm. a long time ago. No. Okay. We've known each other for a long time. Like, like for... Like, not much longer before that is when I start having memories of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, so Declan apparently has never lived in New York. I have not. But Breaking he, news. He does travel there often. Yes. Um, but I was... You know, I was walking with my family in this underground part of New York, I'd like to say. like It was Chelsea. It's not that underground. Okay. So, we were walking through this section if of If I New remember York. correctly, I think it's Chelsea. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. But, like, it, it was a section of New York that, like, not a lot of people or tourists might visit, I'd say. Um, so, we walk into this, this dingy, small... Like, restaurant. Greasy spoon. Yeah. It's a very small restaurant. Um, and there are a couple people there, but it's, like, not the type of restaurant wh which you'd see with a lot of people, I'd mm -hmm. say. Like, it, it's popular, but it's not as popular. You know? It's a small it's a restaurant. It's a hole in the wall. Yeah. Um, so, I walk in there, and I order some pancakes, and I send Declan a picture of, like... The area and the pancakes, because this is like you the... You just sent the pancakes, you didn't send the area. Oh, I didn't? No, you just sent the pancakes. Yeah, it's just the pancakes. Um, and Declan, from that one picture, could tell the restaurant, the one restaurant... Johnny's Lunchinette. From, yeah, from the picture, and, um, yep, that's the story. Yeah. You are now educated. As to the time I recognized pancakes, because they cut them up into, like, little rectangles. It was actually, like, a, an amazing restaurant. It is very good. They got some good pancakes. They got some good home fries. I actually didn't go to... What's the ice cream place? Big, Big Gay Ice Cream. Yeah. I didn't get to go there. It's a fantastic place. It's fantastic. It's wonderful ice cream. It's wonderful. We're uh, sponsored by them. No, we're not. I actually might be able to get sponsored by them. Because Wait, really? Of, yeah, I'm sort of, like, in the Big Gay Ice Cream sphere because... A vine. We, yeah. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, sir. To the two people who are still listening to no, the I, podcast. I was, talk I, I was talking to the owner of Big Gay Ice Cream. Oh, never mind. Hey, owner. Well, it's two people. Okay, sorry. Big Gay Ice Cream is tasty, in summary. That's true. I've Salty never... Pimp is delicious. I've never had it. Okay. That wraps up the question <laughs> portion of... <laughs> <laughs> of A Small Talk with Declan Greenwald I would like to share with you A musical escapade I have gone on I made a song From Mark Little Called I'm a Big Old Bun And I would love for you to listen to it Thank you and good night Good night Good night Okay Hey everyone, I'm a big old bun. You can eat me up. Wouldn't that be fun? I'll admit I'm scared. I'm like, hey or don't, but it's up to you. Just yeah, yeah. Not to boast, but I like toast. 
Who am I? The Breakfast Ghost. Serial 2? Scabbity Doo. Small talk over. Avenge my death. This podcast is sponsored by no one still because I'm still a 15-year-old boy making podcasts, editing it with GarageBand in my brother's old room. So there's that. See you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile.